as as people we're nomadic and we move around and we go to places we enjoy and that's really the the yeah. you know the impetus to travel in general and i think as exactly. we've seen that influx in a place like Bend finally go over 100,000 people, new residents, and obviously over the last two years with the pandemic, there's been a huge influx of new residents. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a, when you grow at that rate, there's a... Hey, how's it going? Hope you're doing well. Uh, we're here again in another conversation of uh, Let's Talk Tourism. And now I have the pleasure of speaking with Kevney. He is the president and uh, CEO of Visit Bend an organization that is helping a lot of the community of Bend organize its tourism uh, goals and perspectives. So it's going to be a, a good conversation just to understand a little bit about what is Bend doing correctly, how we got to that place as well, and also how it's preparing for the future and, and, and topics relating marketing and things of that nature. So it's going to be a really dense conversation. And thank you, Kevney, for, for your time. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. And um, Tell us a little bit about uh, your your background. Like, how, how do you got into Visit Bend? How you got and scaled up? Please. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of an interesting story. I'm not. I'm not the classic. Went to college for tourism, didn't study okay. tourism, but uh, grew up in Michigan and uh, ended up graduating from college. Became a fly fishing guide. Lived in Montana for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Short stint in California. Back to Wyoming. Ended up in Bend in 2007. Um, you know, and I was actually running the Orvis store, fly fishing industry at the time, and mm. it was great, and I loved it. Um, but I was looking for a little more stability, and uh, joined Visibend as a director of sales then, and you know, was really okay. tasked with bringing a lot of you know national championship bike races, trail running, all sorts of things to the community. Mm. And then 2016 was was given the opportunity to take over as the present CEO, and. Um, that's been the last six or seven years and it's been an amazing journey, but also one where I've been able to see this community grow and evolve and how tourism's played out in this community. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a really fun ride. That's interesting, man. And um, it's good that you mentioned that you, you didn't study for this career, but in some ways you got into this. Huh? Yeah. So uh, what do you think is like the, let's start out with the, with the history a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what differences do you notice um, back then when you started as director of sales yeah. And now in, in, yeah. in this 2022, yeah. what's the main differences that you yeah, see? Yeah, I think, you know, back then, Bend was sort of up and coming. We used to talk about this goal of making Bend a one-word town. You know, you used to have to qualify Bend and say it's Bend, Oregon. People would say, well, are you talking mm -hmm. about South Bend, Indiana? Are you talking about what Bend are you talking about? Oh, and so back then, tourism, it was growing, it was happening, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, or at least the community wasn't as recognized as it is today. So back then, it was mm -hmm. a lot of marketing efforts. Our sales efforts were really mm -hmm. strong, trying to bring huge group business to town. Okay. And then I would say 2013, 14, you know, coming out of that housing recession, the economy recovered, things were going well. And the community sort of said, you know, do we need to be marketing this town the way we are? Do we need to be driving tourism the way we are? And, and what is a healthy level? What is a sustainable level of tourism? And I would say that sort of 2014-15, we cut back on our sales efforts, recognized that maybe the community didn't want roads closed down for, for days at a time, mm -hmm. and, and really started uh, also thinking about seasonality. Summer was booming, winter needed some help. And so we, uh -huh. we really changed strategies and and I would say that's still the case today, where the community sees value in the industry, but really appreciates a more thoughtful approach to how we market, when we market, um, and, and the demographics we're going after, and all those things that are marketing related. Yes, it's, it's interesting that you say that the community in itself has shifted, 
because uh, when now the brand of band, I've seen people from different parts of the world, so that's a good sign that it's it's on the map huh? yeah. as a tourism destination. And uh, you have seen that also recently in this couple of years, how a lot of people visited Bend or Portland or mm-hmm. Oregon in itself. And uh, now they see that effort and maybe it's too much. So that, that's something that you mentioned as well. That's pretty uh, interesting. You yeah. Know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so now in the, in the current sense of, um, of what Bend, what, what Bend is currently doing, what do you think is, uh, how do you say it? What do you think is uh, the way that this, uh, this city is trying to, to implement itself and, and sustain itself as a, as a yeah. tourism spot? What is it doing currently? Yeah. Yeah? I think, you know, we've, we've really changed, you know, if we are communicating in the summer months, it's a lot about responsible recreation. It's a lot mm-hmm. about if you are going to enjoy this destination, what are the things we need to know? You know, and there, mm. it's, there's, there's a lot of them. Fire bans are in place. And, mm. you know, asking visitors if you're going to go camping, you know, the, there's fire bans. And, and we've seen fire start from, from accidents. And, mm-hmm. you know, then on the flip side, in winter months, you know, our hotel occupancy drops to 40 to 5 to 50 percent. And we do need a more consistent marketing message where we are encouraging people to come because local businesses mm. need that, that bump. So it's really a sort of a tale of two seasons, if you will, where in the uh-huh. winter months we are we're we're more of a traditional marketing organization. And during those summer months, it's almost like we're more of a conservation sort of sustainability organization. And uh-huh. I would say that's been that's been a um, it's been a challenge, but also exactly what this community's needed. And I think moving forward, there's definitely a sense and a respect from the community that tourism is a good, viable industry in this community that, that brings money in and those dollars are repurposed to the benefit of the community. Mm. The struggle is how much and where do you exactly. find that balance? And I think we don't we see that the most in our natural landscapes where mm. that's really the calling card of a place like Bend. You know, we don't have... Um, you know, we're not Las Vegas where we have a ton of indoor options and, and everybody's coming here for water parks or things like that. You're coming here to be on our trails. Mm-hmm. You're coming here to ski our ski hills. So exactly. if we're not taking care of those things, uh, you know, I have concerns about is the industry sustainable long term. But I think that's been a huge focus of Visit Bend is making sure we're reinvesting in those assets mm-hmm. to make sure that in 10, 15 years, you know, going for a mountain bike ride is still as enjoyable as it is today. Yes, and that's a very good point. And the thing is that we, before we talked, uh, we, we started this recording, you were mentioning how uh, the city of Visit Bend coordinates with the city of Bend, mm-hmm. and then city of Bend coordinates with the rest of the departments that yep. make up the city yep. as well. So, yep. so that is, um, uh, do you see that um, coordination happening in the future, or how do you see that coordination between yeah. all those sectors yep. possible? Because, you know, it's very... Complex. Yeah, it in is nature. Yeah, and I think this is this is something we can all be better at. You mm-hmm. know, I think Visit Bend does a good job of working with the Forest Service and the City of Bend and a lot of the local organizations. It could be Central Oregon Trail Alliance or the Deschutes Trails Coalition, and making sure that our efforts are in line with their efforts. Mm. But I do think that as we move forward, there could be better coordination between even the city of Bend and Visit Bend and Visit Redmond, for example, or mm-hmm. the city and the county. Because at the end of the day, a visitor to Bend mm-hmm. is going out to the Three Sisters Wilderness, which is outside the city limits of Bend. And we have mm-hmm. an obligation to make sure we understand that. And I think mm-hmm. the more we can uh, come together, 
for a collective vision for where we want the region to look like in 20 to 30 years, mm -hmm. um, the more we're going to benefit. And I think right now we're, we're going in that direction, but I think we could definitely be better. Yes, uh, there's a lot of uh, ideas between each people and then conflicts of interest and then mm -hmm. things of that nature happens. Huh? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, wh what do you think the community is uh, responding to this recent emergence of uh, new people who were tourists mm -hmm. back then? And now when, when uh, the pandemic, when COVID hit, they saw that they could become residents mm -hmm. now in a better, more tra tranquil spot. Yeah. Uh, including myself, because yeah. I'm, I'm part of that yeah. group. Yeah. So what, what do you think the people yeah. of, uh, of Bend and even yeah. the Central Oregon yeah. region can, can... Yeah, I think it's think. interesting. You, you hit the nail on the head. I'm part of that. You know, okay. I moved yeah. here 16, 17 years ago. And uh -huh. even somebody who moved here 40 years ago or is second generation, I mean, this is... As, as people, we're nomadic and we move around and we go to places we enjoy. And that's really the, the yeah. you know, the impetus to travel in general. And I think... As we've seen that influx in a place like Bend finally go over 100,000 people, new residents, and obviously over the last two years with the pandemic, there's been a huge influx of new residents. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a, when you grow at that rate, there's a, we lose our sense of balance. And I, mm -hmm. that's the best way I can sum it up. I think we will come back together and understand what that new norm feels like. Mm -hmm. But right now, it definitely feels busy. Our trailheads are busier. And I think the thing that we all sort of ask of each other is that we care about this place, whether you're a new resident, whether you're a visitor, whether you've mm -hmm. lived here your entire life, there's an obligation to treasure this place and take care of it. And I think mm -hmm. that's, again, we're sort of in this state of flux, but I think that that will come back as things sort of slow down and we, mm -hmm. we, we get back to a, an understanding of how many people are coming. I think tying that to the tourism side, that's something we aim for. You know, the last few years you've seen rapid growth, you know, during the pandemic, people couldn't travel internationally and Bend was this huge outlet. Mm -hmm. And now coming out of the pandemic, there is a little bit more travel internationally. Um, you also have things like gas mm. prices, keeping people from traveling. And so of course. Um, we're seeing actually a little bit of stability and not the rate of growth in tourism we had been seeing through the pandemic. Mm. That feels good to me. If we can get back to a place where those industry metrics are growing at two, three, four percent a year, that's a lot easier to manage than 10, 15 percent rates of growth. So exactly. um, the change has been difficult. And I think, you know, the, the, the quote unquote locals struggle, mm -hmm. you know, with that. But at the end of the day, you know, that's they were also that. in those shoes at one point. So yeah. that perspective matters. And I think most people understand that. That's good. That's good that you mentioned it because um, a lot of people would, would focus on uh, creating even more tension, uh, the, the locals versus the tourists versus the residents. Uh? Mm -hmm. So it's good that you, you, uh, you see it that way. Uh? Mm -hmm. not, it's not a, a, a team by team or a tribal efforts. Yeah. You know, it's just focusing on what's more important, which is the landscape yep. Yep. in itself. Uh? Yeah. yeah, and we really, I think, uh, you know, have changed our mentality and think about everything we do from the lens of not only how does it benefit a visitor, mm -hmm. but how does it benefit a local community member. You know, mm -hmm. so what are those efforts doing? And, and before we jump down this, I mentioned the Bent Sustainability Fund, which is a grant program that we use to reinvest into things like trailheads or, mm -hmm. or other tourism-related facilities. And that program is really designed to make sure that if we are inve investing in a facility, there is also a benefit to the local community as well. And so, again, mm -hmm. to your point, we have to stop siloing, you know, if you're a local or you're a visitor. We are yes. all visitors to this place 
at some point. And, mm -hmm. and the more we can understand that and just take a step back and respect how lucky we are, mm -hmm. I think the future is a lot brighter. We're a visitor on, on Earth, huh? you yeah. can say. Yeah. Even it's also, um, you mentioned right now a good point. Um, you beat me to it. Uh, what what uh, do you think that this event has contributed the most to the, to the city of Bend? Because huh? mm -hmm. like we mentioned before the conversation um, that um, tourism is a good industry, but it becomes too extractive mm -hmm. and not, it doesn't distribute it equally. Yep. And even uh, for things that benefit the whole community, not just yep. the site. Huh? Right. So you mentioned a little bit about that trust. Is, is there anything else that, that Visit Bend has contributed to, yeah. to make that uh, development sustainable? Yeah, I mm -hmm. think there's, I mean, we're, we're not perfect, but I think that Nobody, what, you yeah. know, what's mm -hmm. happened over the last, I'm gonna say three years, and honestly, the pandemic gave us this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Going into the pandemic, every metric you read in tourism was around economic development. How much money mm -hmm. are you making? Um, what are the, what's the the revenue and the upside to that industry from a dollars and cents standpoint? Um, and I think we also recognized through the pandemic that you know we were taking advantage of a labor market and maybe mm. not paying people what they're worth, and we didn't have the best working conditions. And those mm. people felt that, and they jumped ship to other industries. And so we came out of the pandemic mm -hmm. short staffed, people eager to travel. Um, asking people to do 80-hour work weeks, and that's just not tenable. Mm. And so I think that as an organization, whether it's the Bend Sustainability Fund that's reinvesting into the community and, and projects like uh, Tumlo Falls or um, mm. Big Sky Bike Park or even things further from town where their new mountain bike trail sort of on BLM land and the outskirts, mm. we also recently hired a workforce development director who, to my knowledge, is the first time somebody's been hired in that space. And their job is really tasked mm -hmm. with making sure the, the employment practices of people in this industry are, are first class and they're industry leading and that we're thinking about what the stability of schedules look like. I mean, the, the most basic thing for somebody to wake up in the morning and understand, I'm gonna go to work from nine to five, that, that was, that's not our history. And so I think, I think there's so much we have to do and there is, there is so much money flowing through the industry that taking a hard look about where that money is ending up. And is it fair to ask people in this industry to potentially live in poverty? And you see this throughout the world where you have gated resorts surrounded by exactly. people living in less ideal living conditions. And I think mm -hmm. yep. I think we, um, we're trying, and again, we're not perfect, but there's progress. And I think that is something we really need to think about if we want these industries to thrive and we want these communities to support them. Especially with, with that, with the growth that you guys are having, I've I've seen uh, very little. I've investigated very little, mm -hmm. but uh, real estate has become a a, a booming market, mm -hmm. and now they're uh, I think what was it the land Skyland or Sky, like a big property or like a yeah. uh, reserve or yeah of, maybe Skyline Forest Skyline yeah I yeah. think I think yeah. it was Skyline yeah uh, they're debating or or, uh, or the thing is that the company the whole the company sold it or is as about to so yeah. sell it yeah so whoever takes it they can do whatever they yeah. want huh? yeah so the i've heard uh, even the community are trying to see if there's a public forms of making it a national forest yeah. or reserve yeah. or something of that yeah. nature yeah so that is a good thing that you're trying to uh balance i don't know if you guys yeah. are participating in that yeah. in some way yeah but 
property is is something that I see is going to be a big problem. Totally. As well. Yeah, and I think I mean mm -hmm. you you talk about Skyline Forest, and we have been very involved in that project. And you know, bit. we mm -hmm. supported um, the permit system in Three Sisters Wilderness, for example. And people sort of said, well, why wouldn't a tourism industry support limiting access? And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's about preservation. It's about making exactly. sure that in 15 years we can still have a wildlife experience in our wilderness areas. Mm -hmm. I feel the same about Skyline Forest. You know, we mm -hmm. there are very few opportunities left in the state of Oregon to grab 34,000 acres and put it into the public hands for generations to come. Exactly. And, you know, that mm -hmm. that's not even the start of it. You know, we talk about climate change and we talk about the value of healthy forest and carbon sinks. And mm -hmm. I, it's just, I think that piece of property, if in, in 10, 15 years, you and I are looking to the West and we see it dotted with, you know, mansions mm -hmm. and home sites and lights. I think that's a miss for this community. And I think mm -hmm. um, I'm okay saying that because I think, well, you you know, you, we might want to continue this economic growth rate. It's just not, you know, this community can't handle that water. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the natural resources we depend on. So it's really exciting mm -hmm. to see the community take a hard look, um, you know, and then even within the city of Bend, a lot more focus on dense housing, more mm -hmm. urban focus on that development, and that reduces lane miles traveled. Mm -hmm. All the other elements we know are potential complicating factors to climate change. So. The thing is that, that amazes me of Bend is that you got it right now. Like, even if, if you didn't want to ride your car, there's so many, the city is structured for, for bike lanes. Huh? So that is something that um, hopefully you guys get right as well, like how you guys are going to prepare mm -hmm. for urban planning as well, yep. urban zoning and yep. all that territory. Yep. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see yep. you know, in the yep. future. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially things like shared transportation. I mean, that's one area where I think mm -hmm. we're not super strong. You know, we're very dependent on cars, but I think that's a that's an initiative that the community cares about. And if we can find a better way to have better bus systems or even better uh, bike lanes where it's safer mm -hmm. to commute, I think it, it'll be great to see those transformations happen. And it seems like the community is motivated to do that. Yes, and as technology evolves, it could become electric or things of that nature will yep. make it a little bit less, yep. huh? less impact. Um, now I wanted to uh, focus a little bit on marketing. Mm -hmm. um, is the city of Bend or, or Visit Bend, is it um, it's, uh, preparing its marketing for that uh, vision that you say or, or the certain aspects of uh, making a union between tourists, residents and, and locals? Yep. And also making it sustainable. How how are how is this organization preparing its marketing? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's sort of a you know we have those two seasons I alluded to, and okay. so in the summer mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time working with groups like Leave No Trace and making sure that you know those those best practices about recreating responsibly is sort of the forefront of our messaging. Mm -hmm. um, we've been doing a lot of work with influencers, which is sort of an up and coming marketing trend, but yep. really making sure that we are we are looking at racial diversity within that marketing or gender identity within that marketing and making sure we're a much more welcoming destination through through their eyes and through our marketing. Um, we see that as sort of a weak spot right now. So okay. there's lots of different issues our marketing is, is focused on. I think in the winter months, we go back to that more traditional, you know, families coming to ski because there is a need to sort of boost the economy during those, those times of the year. Mm -hmm. But it, it is, um, 
we consult with people when we build marketing plans and, and actual creative to make sure that that marketing is reflective of the community. And I think this is one thing people miss. You know, they yeah. think we, we sit in this office and we just do whatever we think is best, but there's a lot of consulting that goes on to make sure that our marketing is reflective of the community we desire to become. Um, and, and that's, it's important, you know? And so I think it's, uh, there's a lot of effort is all I can say. And, and again, I will, I will be very clear. We are not perfect. We don't nail it all the time, but there's definitely an effort to make sure that, that our marketing plans, where we're putting that media, what the vision of that marketing is, is all in alignment with the community's values. That's good. You mentioned one important thing that is um, being specific to the community that you want to become. Mm -hmm. Also, that that makes an essence. That makes the essence for people who would like to visit. Yeah. Because you cannot bring everybody. Yep. So that's good that you guys are focusing on what what kind of tourists you want. Yeah. Yep. Even the values, culture, um, even capital. You know yep. how much investment yep. you are willing yep. to do. Yeah. So it's good that you are uh, focusing your yep. market yep. on that. Yeah. I'll give you one really like pinpoint example. Five yeah. years ago. I was the one saying, you know, this is what our community makeup is, and this is what our marketing should look like. And I had it 180 degrees wrong, and I own that, you know. But the reality was we went and said, we're marketing in Seattle and Portland and the Bay Area. And those destinations are all roughly 25% racially diverse. So why are we marketing a vision of what Bend is today when we're marketing to communities that are something completely different? And so we just flipped it on our head and started establishing goals like our marketing should reflect 25 to 50% racial diversity. You know, like we, we need to be thinking opposite of what we historically have thought. And it's been, it's been a game changer, I, you know. But again, I, I own my shortcomings in that and, and it's, it's something I think we all need to challenge ourselves with. Um, because if you're marketing in a market like Seattle, who are you marketing to, and what is that community's makeup? Um, it's been super healthy. Yes, and, and the thing with marketing, you have to—it's very complex. Mm -hmm. you know? It's very complex. A lot of pieces, especially when you're dealing with humans, it's yeah. complex. Huh? Yeah. So I wanted to ask regarding the marketing efforts: what what is uh, what is your uh, demographic? What is your avatar? Huh? What yeah. what kind of tourists do you want to bring, yeah. or what's the community yep. message? Yep. And also, what regions of uh, U.S. or global? Yeah. Or are we doing yeah. global efforts as well? Yeah. Yeah. So starting with the last question, the um, you know we have a pretty good ecosystem in in Oregon where Travel Oregon does a lot of the international. They'll be in Europe and Asia, um, and then Visit Central Oregon, which is our regional destination marketing organization. They do a lot of the direct flight markets. So they'll be in Denver and Phoenix and L.A. and and potentially even Chicago when that that flight was happening. And then our real focus is Seattle, Portland, Bay Area, what we refer to as sort of an eight-hour tire radius. Roughly 80% of our visitors travel here by car, so we tend to focus on that eight-hour tire radius. Yeah, and so and then when you talk about demographics, we really hone in on, you know, 26 to 44-year-old females who have two kids in the household, you know, income over $150,000 as a household is probably our biggest demographic. And then outside of that, in the shoulder season, winter months, you get into empty nesters. So those are gonna be 55 plus, have an affinity for travel. And then also um, what we refer to as adventure couples, which are uh, couples who chose not to have kids. 
and so they can come and mountain bike during non-school season or you know doing during the school year etc so those are our three primary demographics that we go after really that family crowd um, it's amazing to me but moms tend to be the travel planners <laughs> and so honing in on those um, those guys and then you know the other side of those more empty nester more mobile travelers I wanted to ask never that it came up with me are you also focusing on the Latino community or mm -hmm. like that? Spanish-speaking people or other languages as well, maybe Chinese yeah. or recent? In we don't, we, you know, it's interesting. When you look at the data, there's not a whole lot of, like, the Asian market right now. It's growing. It's growing. It's and so that's where we sort of, again, lean on Travel Oregon, and they do some of that international okay. stuff, but most certainly on, on the Latino side. And, again, I would say we're not there yet, but there is a big effort to transition our website and our social media and a lot of our communications into dual language where you can read it in English and Spanish and just trying to be more inclusive. And again, it's a shortcoming of ours right now, but it's something we're working on. And I think, again, when you talk about some of those markets we're marketing in, we recognize there's a big Latino community in those places, and how do we how do we speak to them in a way that resonates with them? Um, it's, a, it's a learning process, which is, we've, we've reiterated that numerous times in this conversation, but it's something that you know we recognize, and it's a, it's a demographic that we want to pay attention to, and, um, you know, need to. Yes, because I've uh, recently talked with several uh, Latino Latino community owners yeah. of business, small businesses, yeah. and the thing is that they all say the same thing. Why, I asked them why why is uh, Central Oregon such an attractive place, and it, it's obviously the, the natural mm -hmm. landscape. Right? Yep. But um, they really don't have uh, like the notion or or what spots are the best to visit, or mm -hmm. they don't have the time as well. Yep. So, right. so it's good that you also consider that, uh, so that you can uh, prepare that Latino community, which is mm -hmm. growing as yep. well. Yep. It's getting, uh, it's becoming a significant part of, yep. of uh, Central Oregon. Yeah. So those are ideas that can definitely um, help you guys grow and, and also, like you said, yep. include yep. the whole community. There's a really cool group at the national level called the Latino Access Foundation. Latino, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, and they're, they're really trying to make sure, again, from a recreation and an outdoor recreation standpoint, there's accessibility and, and you know, for the Latino community. Mm -hmm. And that's a group we've tried to, to work with to understand how to, you know, support them and get them outside and make them feel out comfortable outside. And there's also a group locally, uh, Zabia, Zabier Borja, who works at the city of Bend, is also part of Vamanos Outdoors. I've heard, yes. Yeah, and so they do the same thing where they run a lot of camps and get, get the community outside. So it's really, um, again, we want to be part of that conversation and, and make sure those communities feel safe. Um, there has been some negative history in the past, especially around racial diversity in our community and outdoor recreation. And so, again, as an organization, we feel compelled to do our best to try to make people feel more welcome when they visit here. Um, and again, that's just work we, we sort of take on every day, and we hope it's reflected in our marketing. Yes, it's, uh, it's like you said, it's a tough balance, but um, unfortunately, mistakes have to be calibrated. Mm -hmm. and you have to calibrate yep. against those. Huh? Yep. So um, I wanted to ask you like one last question, yep. and I really, again, appreciate your time. Uh, what is one message that you want to give to the people that are, are seeing, uh, especially the people who are like the tourism planners, mm -hmm. or coordinating yep. uh, cities or even states or nations? Yep. Uh, to uh, try and do their best and to manage all the things that encompass tourism, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think 
the message would be we, we have to open our eyes and our minds to the scope of work we're actually accountable for. Mm -hmm. And that means working with more local organizations who may be on the conservation side of preserving our natural resources. It may be with social justice organizations who are, who are working to become more welcoming. It's, it's inviting residents to the table to make sure that those residents feel like they're part of the, of the conversation about how the industry plays out. Mm. Um, and that takes more work and it takes more time, but that is, that is what every destination marketing organization is being asked to do today. And it doesn't matter if you're mature or you are an up and coming destination, doing that legwork to engage with the community and not just silo yourself into listening to what a hotel may need or what a restaurant may need, but listen to the employees of that business. Listen to the resident who, who's lived here for 20 years and, and has felt that change and, and be open to their opinions and then fight for whatever you think that future needs to be because it is, I mean, things are changing, whether it's climate, whether it's growth, whether it's uh, the accessibility to live in new places. Um, we have to embed ourselves in conversations we used to stay out of. Um, that's the only way these industries stay a very viable and positive part of the growth of the community. And if we don't, you're going to see more restrictions. You're going to see more things come down that, that make travel and tourism more difficult. And as I started with, we are a nomadic people, and we love to travel, and, and we need to respect that opportunity. Of course, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great thing that you, you're doing, managing everything and uh, always focusing on locals is what makes the essence of your destination. So uh, Kevin, I really appreciate your time, man. It's, it's an honor to get to uh, be with people who are actually doing what the industry is. Yeah. And uh, if people wanted to uh, know a little bit about a band or uh, know about this community and what its efforts are doing, how can they contact or how can they yeah. reach out to you yeah. directly or yeah. what, what yeah. Uh, websites or what? Contact yeah. emails. Yeah. I mean, just like this conversation, my email is kevney, K E V N E Y, visitben.com. The okay. website's visitben.com. Um, my door is always open. I love this conversation, and, and this is a global conversation, and I, I love nothing more than talking to communities who, who are maybe having these discussions and are trying to figure out what that playbook looks like. So, door's always open. I love this conversation. I appreciate having me. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure, and uh, thank you for watching as well. And uh, I'll see you on the next next video.